John Fletcher, you are on the spot. You probably doubted that. So <laughs> you joined a little while ago. And we had a conversation. I welcomed you to the forum. So before we go any further, you got 20 seconds to explain everything about yourself and what you're doing in uh, New Zealand. Everything. Um, right. Well, I am the general manager for Squash Auckland. So we're a district association and we support 26 clubs within our region. We're one of 11 districts across the country. Um, we sit in and help clubs with yeah, almost everything. Um, all the day-to-day -day operations, um, help them with capability, how they're running their club, um, retaining members, recruiting members, setting up programs. We also run a number of district competitions, um, inter-club, um, district tournaments um, and yeah we sort of liaise between the national body squash New Zealand and the clubs as well um, as well as sort of advocate for squash across the Auckland region with with funding bodies um, other sports and yeah the, the regional sports trust as well so yep we're we're marketing events competitions communications all wrapped into one with two people so yeah very busy okay so I, I contacted you because uh, I saw that you're running a few events. You posted that. Thank you very much for posting it yes. on Squash World. Uh, for some, uh, it's very tough times, obviously, and we wish them well and they, they pull through it. For others, it's actually an opportunity. It's a window. Like you have a window to run PSA events. Uh, I'm going to trash PSA now because I think the, the taking away of qualification events if i'm running an event and i can't put my local players in it it takes away local interest and that's grassroots for me um but now you have an opportunity and hats off you tell us a bit about those events sorry that yeah. <laughs> last part of your question is going yeah sorry tell us about the events you're about to run yep yep so we've got a series of uh five events to start with um four of them being in auckland um and one Bit of a drive away for those players keen on a, on a trip so it's been dubbed the, the psa summer series um, it's the second year we run the series of tournaments uh, we've been lucky to get sponsor from a, a real estate company which is um, very supportive of sport here barfum and thompson so it starts with um, the henderson open so these are all run at, at local clubs um, the first event is a challenger five men's event and a woman's satellite um, the weekend after that is at the eden epsom tennis and squash club with uh, two satellite events and then the big event is after that, which is our Auckland Open, our big district event, which is a Challenger 10 for the men and a Challenger 5 for the women's. Um, they then head to Fokutane, which is about a four hour drive if they like, for the Arch Delaney Eastern Bay Plenty Open, which is two satellite events. And then they come back to Auckland for the Royal Oak Open, which is a women's Challenger 3 and a men's satellite event. Um, so yeah, we've got the first one coming up next weekend. With the men, we've got all the, the top local players, the top national players, sorry, coming to, to take part in that one. Um, so we've got a full, full 16 draw for the men. Uh, the women should be should be very strong as well. Um, and then, yeah, we're really looking forward to the Auckland Open. Um, obviously, that's sort of our flagship event that we were able to get quite a few international competitors for last year. Um, we're sort of two weeks before um, COVID shut down our country, at least. Um, we managed to get that played with some really good interest. Um, but yeah, still... Still plenty of competition this year, uh, which is essentially a sort of a repeat of senior nationals from October last year. Right, that's fantastic. So you have uh, similar issues to Australia. So, I mean, you seem like so far away from the rest of the world. And it probably feels like that for you. If you, if you want to go on the tour, it's like a, a mega trip to get anywhere, expensive. Yeah. 
Uh, are you working together with with the Australians, like like a community together? Uh, yes. Yeah, so we had quite a few come over for our for our tournament last year. The whole idea of the satellite series, um, or the summer series, was to wrap some satellite events around the the larger Auckland Open to encourage them to come over for a few weeks um, and train, and then play the events in the weekend, which some of them did. Um, the intention was to hope that there was going to be a Trans Tasman bubble in place by now, uh, but both our countries sort of had a few minor COVID scares, um, so that sort of got got put to rest. So unfortunately, that wasn't able to happen. Um, hopefully, later on in the year, we may be able to get some some Trans Tasman competition going. Um, there always is that rivalry, especially amongst the junior competitions. There's there's annually a, a Trans Tasman competition there, um, and the Oceania is played every year with with strong contingents from both countries. Um, so yeah, there's certainly certainly hope to get a lot of our our professional players at least um, competing across each other's countries. Right. So you also see that this is an opportunity. It's very difficult when uh, Australians and New Zealanders go down the rankings a bit to then get into mm. tournaments because of this non-qualification stupid rule. Mm. Yeah. Um, so now this is a fantastic opportunity for them to get up the rankings. Is, is that correct? Yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, it was it was handy that the PSA sort of came to some of the federations offering sort of the, the discounted prize money, but the full board ranking points on offer. So we obviously did everything we could to make sure we took all the all the events on offer um, and get them up and running. So it was sort of tapping a few sponsors to be able to make sure we could meet the prize money, but the players have certainly jumped at the chance. And yeah, it's, we've got to try and get the points while they can. It's There's a few players that as soon as things open up again, we'll be looking to head overseas to, to try and compete in the the next sort of next sort of level as i said we don't tend to have anything much more than sort of a challenge of 10 here so they only need to be getting to the 20s and 50s once they start getting to that level where, where they can make the draws as you said it's a bit tougher these days but they really need to start getting that exposure um, they could stay here and play the play, same players all over, over again but that's not going to get them far either so they need to take that leap at some point so i mean have have the psa told you that you can run an event for as little as 500 dollars um i don't think we're running any satellites at yeah. that price um the challenger events um a couple of those that we are a couple of us thought the full price because we already had them sort of locked in beforehand yeah. Um, but yeah certainly made the most of that um and yes yeah, so we're quite lucky to still be able to get our sponsors on board again this year right because yeah. I've, I've run a few of them and they're quite good for to get local interest because you mm. fill the draw pretty much as you want i put juniors in local juniors with uh, PSA players. They're very nice about yeah. it. I think that's yeah. something that some some federations should look at, especially mm. uh, for local interest. So what's mm. the uh, what's the next step now? If you want to get that, they've got to get across a uh, to pay, play events. Uh, were you, are you thinking of getting a squad together to, to tour or how will you do it? Um. That kind of gets out a bit of a out of my realm. Um, as I said I worked a lot with Squash New Zealand to sort of look at how we put these together and what the high performance players need. There are little pockets of those players training together um, around the place that will be playing all the events. A lot of them are juniors as well. I'd probably say over fifty percent of the the PSA players are actually juniors, so they're kind of aiming towards world juniors hopefully later in the year or a couple of people trying to compete for spots for the world men's teams event which we've got here hopefully fingers crossed touch wood all that sort of stuff in december um and so yeah there's a bit of, bit of competition there and that will help sort of drive interest for that too so yeah there is one or two players that i know of that are keen to head overseas but 
yeah, most of them are just trying to make a living as it is and yeah. taking up coaching and stuff in their spare time. And um, yeah. yeah, hopefully all guns blazing once everything reopens. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very tough. I mean, the, the, I would suggest that they, they move move across to, to Europe and find somewhere to share a place and cut costs, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah. These are what I spoke to uh, Jeff Lunsky, a South African strength and conditioning coach, and this is what the South Africans did mm. uh, like 25 years ago. They came to near to me actually in Switzerland. Yeah. So it's a lonely path yeah. by yourself, you know. It's very, yeah. very tough. So Yeah. We've got, I guess we've got Paul Cole and Joel King now based um, in the UK and Netherlands, respectively. I know one of our players, Lamont Chalishi, went over to um, stay with Paul. Um, it's been a year before last for, for a couple of weeks and Paul sort of took him around the, the circuit and got him involved in some some of the club leagues and that sort of thing that he was playing in. So I think that was, that was really valuable. But I think his next thing for them is to spend a bit more time over there and get more involved and, yeah, yeah get into a few more of those events too. So. Yeah. So listen, I, I don't know too much about uh, New Zealand squash. It seems like you're very discreet. I, I like what you're doing. What I do know about it, I find it extremely friendly and pretty organized. I could be wrong, of course. But yeah, it could be. So, it could be. No, just, no, just a front. <laughs> no, no, I'm having fun. I find it, the, the community is pretty friendly. So hmm. um, what about the... The problem with juniors in general, so they have like the World Open, which is pretty much the British Open, mm. that's their only marker to know where they really stand. So you get, let's say you get yeah. number one, under 19, Kiwi, he's a god in uh, New Zealand. Mm. He goes across and he gets wiped out like in the first round by Egyptian. How do you get the kids to understand their actual level? What's your markers? Uh that's i mean that's been a battle that we've always had um i think quite a few of our kids go to world juniors and they get a shock when they yeah when they come up against these these other players because they're not experienced and they have the different styles of play that can can change from country to country um and that's sort of something they're looking at we've had small groups of juniors go across to sort of the the us canadian open and then the british junior open the last well, few years they've been able to yeah so i think that's sort of they're trying to use that as a way to expose them to to those big events um yeah. but yeah that's certainly, certainly something that we need to look at um thankfully we've got a high performance program that's just been sort of revamped a little bit and a high performance manager at squash new zealand that uh, sort of takes that on and works with all the stakeholders so yeah i think yeah, it's it's almost just a yearly chance where they can see how they measure up but um yeah there's no perfect way to <laughs> see them climb up the rankings but once again it's kind of we're not too sure how much of a, a factor that really plays into it. I mean, some of them, we kind of keep talking about Paul Cole over here because he's obviously a big success at the moment, but he was never sort of the top junior in the country either. And he sort yeah. of later on when he could develop and um, really get stuck into it full time, then he's sort of came through after that. So yeah, yeah they shouldn't get too disheartened if they ever have a bad event and one good bad match and end yeah. up losing. But yeah, it's just you know, carrying on with that, being dedicated to it and yeah seeing how they can go so how are your uh, to, to coaching obviously coaching is my big thing i'm a coach so how how important is coaching how many coaches do you have do you have a coach in most clubs you, you seem to be quite organized yeah um we're quite lucky being in auckland obviously the biggest city um so we've got about one and a half million people here um we're a small country overall with five million um we'd like to have um 
full-time coaches in every club, but we've got plenty of sort of two-court country clubs that have got sort of 30, 40 members. So it's um, we're really just trying to spread our professional coaches across a number of clubs. Uh, I'm just not sure that they do have professional programs. There's still plenty that don't, um, but yeah, and as you would well know, that a successful program, having a good coach there, attracts people to a club, and it's but it's got to be professional, not just sort of yep. volunteers that turn up when they feel like it. And if yeah, if they can't make for whatever reason, then the program doesn't have them because that's that's no good yep. for anyone. But um, yeah, we're lucky enough to have quite a number of full-time coaches um, in Auckland that work with district and national squads and stuff. And I mean, more importantly, actually good at bringing people in and making the sport enjoyable for them. Um, yep. yeah, there's plenty of experience here from plenty of our ex-players are getting involved in coaching which yeah. always doesn't mean that they're going to be a good coach but they bring a lot to a lot to the table and a lot of experience um, well generally if they stay in, in 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 your environment generally if they stay in they're going to be they're going to be seen as a good coach or not they're not like status mm. symbols like in the states no so, certainly uh, not here no, no. tennis coaches are you know some you'd think probably get paid minimum wage that's about it yeah. <laughs> there's no big retainers or anything over here yeah so listen, when are when are your when is your summer holiday in uh... so so we just had ours and we just had two long weekends in a row. Um, right. so so we have a couple of weeks off over Christmas and New Year period. Right. Um, so yep, we're all into our, our big events now. Um, and do you have holidays in uh, July, August, or when's the biggest period for holiday? No, no, it's certainly over summer, so over Christmas and New Year. That's when everyone goes away to their batches and off to the beach and right. <laughs> enjoying the sunshine. So we're getting yeah, we're getting twenty five degree days here at the moment, which is right. which is nice. But yeah, we get Easter and April, I think, and then yeah, she's a long road through the winter until sort of October we start getting, <laughs> getting yeah. some better weather back again. So right. So listen, uh, back to back to uh, your two star players. Yeah. Are they are they famous in New Zealand? Uh, certainly famous within squash circles. Um, when they do well um, in the big events, then we do get to see them a bit on sort of mainstream media and the news and sports news and things. Right. So they are sort of building up um, a bit of a reputation, which is certainly what we need as a sport. Uh, right. No matter where in the world you are, we're certainly not a one of those things that's first on the sports news every night. Um, obviously, being here, rugby's the first and only thing that gets talked about most of the time so it's <laughs> so, uh, yeah. soccer anyway <laughs> yeah yeah but they're certainly getting recognized um sort of sports awards and things their names quite sort of quite often pop up as um sort of top athletes especially with things that with um the pool last year making the world champs final um, so yeah it's starting to make their way through. Yeah. Okay, so so he moved uh, he moved away from New Zealand to be successful, or did he become successful in New Zealand? Um, uh, it was pretty much when he moved away full time that he really started making his way through. Um, so it's the same with Joel. Someone like Campbell Grayson who's just retired. He's been away from New Zealand full time for quite a few years now um, in the US. So yeah, it's very hard. A lot of those that do stick around tend to. They may break the top hundred, but of course you're not playing the events, you're not getting the competition, so they don't, they can't really progress any further up the rankings at all. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And how is the the, the state of squash uh, in numbers, juniors, women, veterans, men yep. in New Zealand? Clubs shutting, or are they staying open, or new clubs? Mm, yeah, we don't tend to get clubs shutting. Um, things are, are, are pretty stable membership numbers are dropping slightly but sort of the casual player um is is increasing um 
as a sport, we're not really that good at measuring sort of casual players because these are sort of public centres which don't have affiliation and therefore they aren't returning membership numbers and that sort of thing, which we're capturing. Um, but after the first COVID lockdown that we had here, the, the sport was booming. Um, a lot of the organised sports were, were struggling because they were team sports. It took a lot more organising and getting back together. And whereas obviously the squash clubs could just sort of open their doors and people could, could come in and, and use them. They don't need an organised setting or anything. Um, we had a second lockdown for only in Auckland, um, which, which wasn't ideal, <laughs> for about six weeks in August, September, I think. So yeah. the rest of the country was having a great time playing squash and we weren't allowed inside our clubs. Um, <laughs> but so, and then it's, I think summer hit, so it sort of died off a little bit after that. Yeah. But yeah, um, everyone seems to be getting back into it. We've got a few competitions starting again now. Um, most of the clubs seem pretty happy. They could always deal with a few more members, but um, there's certainly none that are they're at death's door or anything like that so uh, okay yeah, well that's good to see me but even even during lockdown i mean uh it's it's time to reflect it's time to organize as well you, you weren't inactive i imagine no no not at all um the first lockdown was yeah it was a bit strange for us all because i think the rest of the world was going through the same thing and we we're all sort of figuring out yeah how to do zoom calls and what do we actually need to be doing to support these clubs and Right, what do we do when we come out of lockdown? So the second time it came around, we were like, oh, yeah, all right, here we go. <laughs> we know what to do now. We've done everything. We're ready to go. Um, but that was a little bit tougher because well, those of us that have got children at home because daycares were closed. Um, yeah. still, trying to, still trying to do full-time jobs and look after kids as well. So, yeah. Um, But, yeah, um, we've, been, we've been managing it pretty well. And, yeah, the club, there was a lot of financial support from a lot of the sports organisations and the government as well, which yeah. was really good for our squash clubs. Uh, that, that helps, yeah. That yeah. helps. Well, listen, it's it's late in uh, Auckland. It's time time for you to hit it the is. sack, as we say. It's my eye starting to close with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm boring you. You're falling asleep. No, 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 no. <laughs> not at all. So, listen, you're doing a, you're doing a fantastic job. Uh, we you. also talked, spoke a, a little while about three-wall ball about mm. different things to do, uh, outdoor training, yep. there's lots of things. It's, it's good to see that there are people who are open-minded about these things and that's the way forward to, yeah, totally. to, to uh, get new people into squash as well. Yeah, um, I've always, yeah, always said that one of our biggest problems is we played inside a concrete building with no windows and if you drove past a hundred times and didn't know it was a squash court, you probably never would. So no, exactly. it's how do you get the sport more visible and yeah. things like that. Three ball, ball that's outside and I've, a bit more about street racket today as well. Yes, um, perfect. The, are they German, I think? Uh, Swiss, is that uh, Sky Swiss, from my, uh, my area, Marcel Strau. So Marcel, right, yeah. Marcel, we want some money, some commission on these sales, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fantastic. He's even got a, a, a two-handled racket where you, yes, you team yeah, up with someone, with another kid or another adult, and yeah. you, you, you have to coordinate. So yep. these are the things I'm, I'm going to do. Uh, this is maybe something for you to think about. I'm going to take my juniors and we're going to train outdoors in the middle of Geneva. Um, <laughs> the people say, then, then people, who's this crazy guy? What are you doing? What is this? It's yeah. curiosity, you know? Yeah. Like you say, yeah. so many clubs don't even have squash written on the courts mm. outside, yeah. you know, on a building. So, oh, totally. Yeah. We've, we've got a couple of um, Perspex micro courts. So we take those around our schools and things. So yeah. they're kind of, three by three meters that you can yeah. set them up, cut them around in a trailer. We've yeah. taken those to the beach. Um, we've, there's a big fitness festival coming up in a month's time up here. So we're taking along to that. Um, right. That's kind of sort of our promotional arm just to, yeah, Good. to take the sport to the people rather than just sit there and wait for them to come to us. That, that is perfect. So I'm going to ask you to do something 
I always try and get someone to do something, either take some money from them or uh, get some business. So I'm going to ask you to try and find a video with that to post, if you can, on Scotch. Yeah. Yep, no problem. I think I've got one of can. us at the beach a couple of years ago. So That'd be perfect. That so these, these are the sort of things which which that, that inspires people, John, to, to, to mm. try to move things. So so yep. listen, you're doing a, a fantastic job. No. You need your beauty you. sleep. <laughs> and, yeah, thanks. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put this back on tomorrow. Please keep posting because I, yep. I really like we'll uh, I want to know more about the or other people do about uh, New Zealand squash. Yeah. And yep. it's right. not just about two players. About mm. all the players. So yeah, yeah. thanks very much, John, and yeah. good luck with the events. Post them, huh? Cool. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Connor.